Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Cornelius Christopher, who experienced quantum superposition, which we're going to learn about today. Cornelius, thank you for joining me and welcome. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate the um, time that you're giving me to um, be part of your growing community. So thank you. You're welcome. Cornelius, if you don't mind, I guess we should start on the day that it happened and go from there. Oh, perfect. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can do that. So the just before the day it happened, we probably want to just talk about how I got to that day. Sure. And I won't go into too much details because um, I'll explain um, in a very different way how um, how I got there. But throughout my entire life, I've I've had a lot of my life hasn't been the happiest life. I've had a lot of a lot of abuse, a um, lot of a um, lot of sadness in my life. And over the time from seven all the way up to 45 years old, my life just was in a low vibration and I couldn't get out of the low vibration. You know, I struggled to make friends, um, never made a friend in my life. Um, people, you know, abused me um, sexually, they abused me work they abused me mentally abused me bullied me all the way through my life and my inner voice over this time developed such a negative way of listening or negative way of talking to me and because i was just in a really bad place it convinced me over many many years to commit suicide and my inner voice com convinced me to say if you commit suicide this is the only place you're going to find true happiness. Now, I was married at the time of when all of this happened. I've got a beautiful wife, but my mind was so negative. I had depression. I had prostate cancer, testicular cancer. I had chronic anxiety. I had loneliness. I was just in a bad, bad place, and I couldn't get myself out of it. So my inner voice told me, let's commit suicide. And what happened on... Oh, it was on December the 18th, um, 2018, I decided when I was working to commit suicide. I decided in six months' time I'm going to commit suicide. I made sure that my wife was looked after, made sure everything was in order. She knew I was going to commit suicide. And, um, and she supported me in my choice because the pain was just too much. You know, I was having images of past sexual trauma and abuse, and I just could not escape it. So what happened is on March the 29th at 9.26 a.m. 2019, my wife told me to try meditation. I only tried meditation four days before, and the four days before I just quit, Jeff. I thought meditation would just be easier. I thought you'd actually just realize you close your eyes and you go into a meditative state. But I gave up every single time. And what happened was on the fifth time, which is the Friday, the 29th, I closed my eyes and I gave up. 
And I was so, so disappointed with myself. I went to the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I just broke down and I cried on the floor. I wanted the pain to stop. And after about 15 minutes, I walked to the kitchen and my inner voice said, let's just commit suicide today. So I put my hands against the fridge. I closed my eyes. My wife was at work. I closed my eyes, took a big, deep breath, and I was just going to smash my head against the fridge. And as I took a big, deep breath, my two little cats, called Zelda and Link, they were at the bottom of the fridge and they meowed so loudly that as I was about to take, the, take it, they stopped me from doing it. And I looked down at them. And I said, you're not going to, you know, I, I can't do this in front of you. So I picked him up, I put him outside, um, and I went back to the fridge. I was broken. I put my hands in the same location. I took a big, deep breath. And my two cats, <laughs> they're at the bottom of the fridge again. And they were meowing again. And I said, well, you're not going to let me do this, are you? So what do you want me to do? And I was broken, Jeff. I mean, I was just gone. There was nothing, there's nothing, I had no will to live anymore. It was gone. And my, my eldest cat, Zelda, she ran down the hallway and she sat outside my wife's bedroom. And that's where I, that's where I was, that's where I started to do meditation. And I said to my cat, do you actually want me to meditate? And my cat went in the bedroom, jumped on the bed. I followed and my cat Sounds crazy. And I, I can hear myself saying it. My cat was nodding. Like it was saying, lie down. So I laid down. I know it's mad, but I laid down. I closed my eyes. I tried to do this breath work. I did some Wim Hof and didn't work. So I started to make up my own breath work. And then as I was laying down, I thought to myself, I wonder what my last day on earth would be. And I just imagined what my last, last day on earth would be. And for some reason, it felt real. And my mind became quiet. Like the voice in my head, my ego, whatever you want to call it, started to just quieten. And I thought, wow, I think I'm meditating. So if I saw my last day on earth, I might as well see my funeral. Now, this is where it started to get really weird because... I was lying down on my wife's bed, but I was also at the funeral. Like I was, I was standing above me, looking down at myself. I could see my wife. I could see people enter the church. There wasn't many. And then all of a sudden I was sitting at the back of the church. Now I'm, but I'm lying down, but I'm still there. And it was a real, really bizarre sensation. And even though I was lying down, I decided, well, if I've seen my last day on earth, I've seen my funeral, I might as well see uh, my last day on earth with my wife, I might as well see how I, how I die. And then all of a sudden, I was in my bedroom. Now, this is where it got really strange, because I was watching myself dying in my wife's arms, as real as me and you were talking. I could pick up my watches, I could pick up, I could pick up my pillow. I could open my wardrobes. I could walk around my bed. 
And yet I was still watching myself die. But I also knew I was in my wife's bedroom. So I was here watching myself die. And yet I don't even know how I got there, Jeff. I don't know how I got to commit suicide. I always thought I was a happy-go-lucky person. But when I look back on my life, I wasn't happy and I wasn't a go-lucky person. Everything happened to me. And here I was committing suicide. Now, what was the most strange thing? Because I could experience the pain. It didn't matter how I got here, which is really strange for me because I tried to open my eyes in my wife's bedroom. But for some reason, I wasn't able to open my eyes. Now, I was cold and I picked the duvet, I picked a blanket up, I could feel my two little cats moving around. I was so conscious of where I was, but I was somewhere else at the same time. And what happened was I died in my wife's arms and my inner voice was saying, this is what you've always wanted. You found peace. All you need to do is walk through the, uh, walk through the bedroom door and let your wife grieve. And I was about to walk through because I've never heard pain like this. I've never seen my wife in so much pain. And I did this, Jeff. This is what was getting to me. It didn't matter how I got there. What I was doing is I was giving my wife pain. And my wife was the only one who showed me kindness. The only one in 45 years has ever showed me kindness. And this is my gift back to her is to create pain. Now, I was about to walk out because obviously I, I wanted my pain to stop and I was about to walk out and I turned around and, my, and I died in my wife's arms you know, and I was broken. But then all of a sudden my wife picked, picked her phone up and she started dialing uh, 111, emergency services. And I paused and I thought my wife's going to save me. And then she put the phone down and she kissed me on the forehead and she says, I'm so sorry, but I know you're in so much pain. I can't save your life. I hope you forgive me. And I heard her say it. So I turned. I walked over to where my wife was. I kissed her on the forehead and I said, thank you. I forgive you for your choice you made. And then this is the most strangest thing, Jeff. My wife looked up at me like I was there. She touched her forehead in the exact location where I kissed her. And I started to walk back towards the bedroom, um, outside the bedroom door. And I had this strange thought. How did my wife know I kissed her in the exact location if this has not happened yet? Now, how is that possible? And how am I witnessing myself dying? And then I've just witnessed, witnessed myself in the future. So now I'm starting to witness multiple perspectives of myself in one location at exactly the same time, still having the awareness I was in my wife's bedroom. Now my ego was trying, my ego was saying, my inner voice was saying, Cornish, you just need to come out of the bedroom. You just need to leave your wife. And something was happening. I was starting to work something out or I was getting downloaded this information. But I had this strange thought, Jeff, and I don't think like this. I'm not spiritual at all. I am no way religious at all. But I had a strange thought. 
if my ego, my inner voice wants me to commit suicide, then who wants me to live? There can't be two of us. And I realised my inner voice was never me. It was a collection of programmes, patterns, loops, traumas, events that I only knew from the past that convinced me that happiness was death. Now, I'm still trying to work this out because my wife is still in pain and yet I could see a future version of me, a past version that's just passed away. There was a version of me lying in the bedroom and then there was a version of me who was witnessing all of this and I still couldn't work out who was witnessing this. And then I realised, oh my gosh, I'm dead already. I've already committed suicide. But then who is watching me now? And I started to have this second thought. And again, I don't think like this, Jeff, at all. Because if I did, I wouldn't have been in the mess I was. But then I started to realise I'm consciousness. And if I'm consciousness, then I can't die. There's no way I can die because I'm here witnessing my own death. And then all of a sudden, standing in my wardrobe mirror was another version of me. And that version of me never mirrored any of my actions. It looked exactly like me, but it wasn't me. And now I realised I was now witnessing my own suicide from multiple perspectives, from a past version of me that just died in my wife's arms, a future version of me that kissed my wife on the forehead. There was a version of me in the present lying down on my wife's bed. Then there was consciousness me, and then there was the ego version of me. And the ego version of me was now looking at me, wondering what I'm going to do. Now, I realised in this one instant that we create experiences of heaven and hell based on our choices and our actions. And my choice through all of my life was wanting to commit suicide, but my action was I was going to give pain to my wife. So again, it doesn't matter how I got there. What matters now is the choice I make. And my ego me was looking at me and I decided no matter what I'm going to experience, no matter what mental illness I had, no matter what cancers I had, my wife did not deserve this experience of pain. I changed my mind. Some people or some physicists will talk about parallel universes or multiple universes. Do you think that somehow you entered into parallel universes? I think I was given a gift, and I don't think many people will ever get to experience what I experienced, but I experienced my own suicide from different perspectives of my own life. So I believe there is parallel universes, there is multi-dimensions, whatever you want to call it. But for me, I witnessed my own suicide from the perspective of five different versions of me in the same location. Now, what I, what I think a quantum superposition is, and I didn't know this, I got, I got downloaded this information by consciousness, and it's a very unique way of looking at it. So your superposition is very simple. Imagine spinning a coin on its side. It is both heads and tails at the same time. 
It is only when it lands on a solid surface it becomes one reality, a head or a tail. Now, if the coin lands on a, a clear surface, depending on your perspective, you actually get two realities. So what happened to me is I was actually the spinning coin. And depending on the choice I made, created an alternative reality, which is the one I live right now. No pain, no suffering, no depression, no anxiety, and I have no inner voice, no ego. During this experience, was this the first time that you ever even considered the possibility of the pain you would cause your wife? No. No. I was so... I was so obsessed with my own life of wanting it to be a factory reset. I just wanted the pain to stop, Jeff. There is, I can't even explain it. You know, when you talk about committing suicide with your wife and she understands how much pain I was going through, it never crossed my mind that this is the devastation I was going to leave behind. My wife would never find happiness. I mean, I would have been dead now. You know, three years now, she'd still be grieving for three years. She'd be sad. And yet, I did that, Jeff. I did that. That's, my, that's what I did. Again, it doesn't matter all the people who abuse me. I still did that. I still made a choice that would create a, an experience of hell. I did that. And because I witnessed that from multiple perspectives, I changed my mind. Now, what happened when I changed my mind was even more bizarre because all of a sudden, again, in the bedroom where I'm lying down, I wasn't able to open my eyes. Couldn't open my eyes. Whatever was stopping me open my eyes, I could not open my eyes. But I could still hear the, uh, my next-door neighbour. The dog was barking. I could still hear the cars on the road. I could still hear. I'm conscious, pure 100% conscious, but I was somewhere else. And the moment I um, decided that I wasn't going to commit suicide, everything went black. Now, all of a sudden, I was in this black void, and I have no idea where I was. Everything around me was black. And I mean the blackest of black, like somebody dropped you in a, um, like a bottle of ink. There was, no, there was no sound. It was just pure stillness. The most, it was the most stillest thing I've ever experienced. Would you say that it was velvety? No, for me it was um, thick silence. Like there was just nothing there. Many of my guests who experience NDEs wind up in the black void. So I was wondering if you wound up there. I think I if I think that's probably the closest I could probably explain is a black void, like of nothingness. There was nothing there, and I don't know how long I was in there, but I was looking around. And I didn't have a body. I was just consciousness. But this is the most strangest thing that amazingly happened. As I was looking around, in the far, far, far distance of this black space, this black void, I saw a blue light. It was so tiny that I started to look at it. And I couldn't quite work out what it was, but it felt like I was starting to see the start of the universe. Something came from nothing, and it was a blue dot. Again, still in the bedroom. What happened in my bedroom uh, in the present state, 
was I felt this, it was almost like a fire sensation in the, and people might say I had a Kundalini awakening. That's what I've, I've been told, but it, it wasn't, right? It started off with a fire sensation in, the, in my root chakra or my first energy center that I know now. And it went up into my vertebrae. And the pain I experienced in this, in this process, in the root chakra, was incredible. And it felt like there was a circle. And this is how people talk about, you know, I had a, um, a Kundalini awakening. It was a circle that was anti-clockwise. It was going backwards. And then it would just sit there in a burning sensation. And then it would go up into the, into the groin area. Then it would go up into the solar plexus, the stomach area. And I was in so much pain. I've never experienced pain in like this in my life. I mean, I've experienced mental sexual abuse. I've experienced physical abuse, but I've never experienced this pain. And it felt like I was having a heart attack. My throat collapsed. I was in this experience for about maybe three hours. And, but I was experiencing that in my wife's bedroom in real time. But where my consciousness was, was in this void, watching this blue dot. Now, the blue dot was coming closer and closer and closer. And the more this blue dot came closer and closer, it started to turn into a very small ball or a, a blue sphere. And I was watching this sphere in this void getting bigger and bigger. In my present state, this energetic sensation went into my heart. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. This energetic sensation went into my throat. My whole throat collapsed. I was in pain. I was shaking the bed. My bed, my back was arching off the bed. I was in so much pain. But in the void, I had so much peace. And this blue ball, this blue sphere, got closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, the strangest thing is, I saw a circle, a big circle, in my peripheral vision. And it was coming in closer, closer, and closer. And it was really strange because it was aligning with the center of this blue ball, this blue sphere. Now, in my, in my present state, lying in my bedroom, the energy went into my forehead and it felt like my head was going to... I felt like I was going to have a stroke, Jeff. I'm being honest. I felt like I was going to have a stroke. Of all the things I've listened to and watched on TV, it felt like I was having a stroke. My, my left hand side started to just drop... And I couldn't speak. I tried to call Siri, uh, ask for my wife for help. I couldn't do anything. I was, in, again, in pain. Uh, but this sensation was in my crown. And I just, I was just in a... Even when we're going back to this experience, it was just phenomenal pain. But in the void, I had no pain. In the void, I was still watching this circle contract. And this blue ball was going into the middle of this circle. And then all of a sudden, I had this sensation in my middle of my forehead. And it felt like somebody got a scalpel and cut my forehead and then pulled, opened it up. The pain again was so immense that I just could not open my eyes. I could not get out of it in the present state. Now, what was happening in the void, in this space where I was, was the circle got smaller and the ball turned white it went from blue to white and then the circle started to turn clockwise and as the circle started to turn clockwise 
all the sensations in my body, these circles in my body, they also started to turn clockwise. And I was in this void watching this happen. And then all of a sudden, the white sphere, the white ball, it flew straight at me and hit me in the present state in my forehead. And it woke me up from whatever experience I was having. When I looked at my watch, it was 9.26 when I laid down on March the 29th. When I woke up, it was nearly six hours later. Now, the first thing, obviously not spiritual, the first thing I did is Google what I experienced. And the first thing I Googled was, the only way I can explain it was, it was like Thor, he chucked his hammer at my forehead and a white bolt of lightning hit my forehead. So that's what I Googled. And I got everything about Marvel. I didn't know what I didn't know what it was. I mean if you've never known anything, how would you Google it? Do you think the orb well I'm calling it an orb of light was just energy or was it consciousness or another being? It was it was consciousness, one hundred percent consciousness. Because what happened the following day was even more bizarre. I woke up and I said, my, my wife went to the hairdressers. I woke up the following day and I picked up my little cat, Zelda, and she felt different. She felt different than yesterday, which doesn't make any sense. So then I picked up my other little cat, Link, and I could see every little hair on his body which makes no sense because I never had that detail before. I sat down on the sofa and everything in my vision was different. Something changed. Everything I saw was in HD, like really bright HD. The colours were vivid. I could see everything crisp. And it was just strange because I looked at my, um, my phone even though I knew it was my phone, I didn't know it was a phone. I couldn't quite work out what it was, but I knew it, was, I knew it belonged to me. I picked up the remote control. I couldn't work out what that was, but I knew I knew it. And I was walking around the house, pacing around the house, thinking, wait a second, I'm dreaming. Oh my gosh, I'm lucid dreaming. This is what lucid dreaming is. Because I read somewhere years and years ago, this is what lucid dreaming is. And I remember when you lucid dream, if you switch on the light switch, it works, right? If you switch on the light switch and it doesn't turn on, you're lucid dreaming. I went around the whole house, Jeff, everything turned on. I turned on the kettle, the toaster, everything turned on. And I'm thinking, how is this possible? Everything looks different than it did yesterday. And then I looked outside, and this is the most maddest thing. I knew I was the sky, I knew I was the clouds, I knew I was the trees, I knew I was the bees, I knew I was a spider, I knew I was the birds, I even knew I was a timber fence. And yet it was all looking back at me, witnessing me, witnessing what I know now is consciousness. And I couldn't quite work all this out, you know, why would I have never known anything like this? My wife came home and I said to my wife, does the, does the room look different? And she says, um, what are you talking about? And I said, can you see how bright everything is? 
And she says, uh, no, it's the same as yesterday. And I went, no, it's not. It's different. The air was different. I was breathing different. Anyway, we, um, it just happened for seven days, seven days. And I said to my wife on the seventh day, it was following Friday, I said, I've never lied to you in nine years. And I need you to listen to me. And my wife got worried because what I was explaining was stuff that I couldn't even explain. And I said to her, I have no depression. I have no anxiety. I have no suicidal thoughts. I'm not lonely anymore. I have this unbelievable amount of love, joy and happiness in my heart. But this is the strangest thing. I have no one in my head talking to me. It's like somebody pulled out the USB of my, all of my programs, all my negativity, and never plugged it back in. And my wife said, well, that's actually, that's ridiculous. We all have an inner voice. We all have that chatter. And I said, no, I believe, we believe that the inner voice is who we are, but the inner voice is never who we are. We're consciousness. We're actually more than we are. And that's how this has all been. It's been three and a half years, Jeff, and I still got no inner voice. Is it possible that who you are now is a walk-in? No. If you've heard that term before. Yeah, there's a few people said it's a walk-in, but I'm exactly the same person as I was before this. My wife would verify I haven't changed. The only thing that's changed is I changed my mind based on love. See, the reason why I changed my mind is because I love my wife so much that I wouldn't be able to put her into pain. So what happened is my heart just opened up in this beautiful experience that I had and this beautiful white light, and that's what I call the light within, is, see, through, through three and a half years of doing what I've been doing, there's a lot of people on the spiritual journey who want to find enlightenment. Now, enlightenment is on the outside, constantly seeking something. But the light within is on the inside, and everybody has the light within. What I was got shown in the void was I was consciousness. That's what happened. How do you think you have the ability to quiet the monkey mind and just be pure consciousness? Because I don't have a monkey mind. It's disappeared. So I don't even have to quieten it. There's nothing there. There's mm. nothing there, Jeff. So one, so when I do my sessions, so here's an interesting thing. A lot of people believe I channel, right? Or pure consciousness. But it's not really a channel because it's always there. Like consciousness is here all the time. All I do is I just tap into it whenever I want. Or I have a conversation with it and I get the right answers. I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing coherence healing now, uh, which is what I do on a daily basis. I help people move forward. And what I do is I hear their consciousness and their consciousness talks to me in a very, it's almost like a, a telepathic whisper. And I've done 6,300 sessions. I've never been wrong once. I know exactly where illness is in their body. I know exactly where it started. And I know exactly how they should heal. Do you think it's possible that you have more of a direct connection with your higher self that kind of eliminated the mind? I wouldn't even know. I, I wouldn't even say it's the highest self. It's, it's consciousness. 
I have a direct connection with consciousness and it's always there. Like I don't have to, I don't have to go into a trance to get this information. Like maybe other people who channel, I just do it live and I get the answer direct. It's almost like I just ask a question and I get it in my, in my mind what what's been said now what's beautiful about this is an average person has about 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day now when people are channeling and imagine and trying to connect with their higher self somehow you have to work out is it your inner voice your subconscious or is it intuition or is it consciousness or is it channeling you've got to work this out in milliseconds and you've got to split it to make sure which one's correct if you've got no inner voice, no chatter, whatever comes through, you know it's not you. Because I can't generate any questions. Because I have no subconscious mind, I can't generate a question because I don't need a question. So I just sit here in pure silence, pure stillness. Most people might say it's enlightenment, but it's just pure stillness. It's pure consciousness. And this information is here. Like, you know, I mean, I've wrote all, I mean, I've wrote all of this, Jeff, in this book, right? And this is a guided, this is a channeled book, right? And I was given this channeled book about my life, my traumas, and all the most amazing things on how to heal yourself. Now, I didn't know what energy centers were. I didn't know what chakras were. I didn't know what the subconscious mind were. But what I, when I wrote this book, it's because it was already out there. All I did is tap into it. You said that you channeled the book. Mm. Who are you channeling? This is really strange, right? So what happened was, what happened is a beautiful experience. My wife has suffered um, for about about 11 years of vulvodynia. And vulvodynia is a crippling crippling illness that affects... um, a woman's um, vulva, and it goes into like a state of shock, you could say. So me and my wife, over like nine years, we never had any type of physical intimacy. Very rare did we, because her vulva, her vagina was so sore that we couldn't do anything. And I was in this, I was in my, in this beautiful world that I was living in about two months after my awakening, and my wife was laying on the sofa, and she said to me, I've got pain in my vulva. Can you place your uh, hand on it just to ease the pain? Now, what we normally do is we normally place a hot water bottle, like you know, strong menstrual cramps. We normally place a hot water bottle on her, but we didn't have one at times, so I just put my hand on her. And I closed my eyes, and then all of a sudden, I got a vision. Now, which is really strange, because I've never had visions before, and I got told something. To heal your wife, you need to learn energy healing from the person you trust the most. That was it. That's what I got told. And I came out of this and I said to my wife, I think I know how to heal your vulvodynia. And she says, how do you know that? I says, somebody just spoke to me as clear as me and you are talking now, like outside of me. Somebody said this. And they said I had to learn energy healing from the person I trust the most. Now, I don't know what that, I don't know what energy healing is. So we had to Google it. And some of it came up with Reiki, some of it came up with other types of energy. I had no idea. Anyway, but I didn't know what I heard. Let me stop you there real quick. When you heard this voice, did you hear it as a completely different voice from your own? Or was it like when you hear your voice when you're reading? 
completely different voice from my own. It was outside of me. Was it, it was male like, or you, female? It was like you're talking to me. Um, it had no, it had no female tones, and it had no male tones. It was just a voice. It was like 50-50. You couldn't tell, but it was all mixed up. It was just a voice. Um, a lot of people asked me the same question. But was it a male voice or man? It was just a voice. It had no, it had no identity to it. Um, so what happened is I started looking at what energy healing was. Anyway, I found this person about 20, 30 pages down in Google. And I Googled, I emailed this person. And thinking, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. I mean, what am I doing? I mean, in my previous life, Jeff, I was a landscape architect for 20 years. I've won awards all over the world, right? I've done the most amazing projects. And I had my own design company. I had six people working for me. Um, wasn't happy in what I was doing. So to learn energy healing was just so, it was just so, like, ridiculous to me. And um, anyway, I got this email back and it said, the master, funny enough, the master will see you on this, see you this Saturday. So I went to this woman's house. I knocked on the door, Jeff, and this person said, um, are you Cornelius? And I said, yes. And she introduced her name and it was the same name as my wife. Now, the chances of my wife having the same name as this person is crazy. But when you actually hear what consciousness said, and I'm going to say it's consciousness, consciousness said, the person you trust the most, the person I trust most is my wife, and this person has the same name as her. So I learned energy healing, and I didn't learn, it wasn't Reiki, she just told me the fundamentals of what energy healing was. So I, I didn't have any, like, what people say certificates, I had none of that, she just talked to me. I went back the following day to my wife. She laid on the sofa and I knew, Jeff, I knew with everything I had, I'd be able to heal my wife. Otherwise, why was I given this information? And my wife knew that she was going to be healed. So I put my hand on her groin. I closed my eyes and I saw like an X-ray of her body. And in her vulva area, I saw a grey a grey shadow, a really sad grey shadow. And it, it just it was ill. And all of a sudden, this is the craziest thing, all of a sudden, the Night King out of the Game of Thrones popped up. I wasn't scared. I was just startled. He never said anything to me. And I'm talking about the Night King as in as real as me and you are talking right now. And then he disappeared. And I knew exactly what it meant. It meant... If I could locate the origin of the original cell that started all of this and healed that cell first, then all the other cells would heal at the same time. I placed my hand on my wife's groin. I focused so hard on, on, this, on this X-ray, I found a black dot. And I placed all of my love, all of my intention to heal my wife and this black dot, the grey shadows, started to disappear. Now, when I was in this trance state of healing my wife, I had a beautiful explosion in my third eye and one in my head. So one, in my, so one above my crown and one above that. And they gave me two visions, crystal clear visions. The first vision 
was Earth 2.0. It was a world that was so beautiful. It had the most amazing skies. It had the most amazing landscapes. Everybody was happy. No depression, no anxiety, no conflict, no violence, no traumas. There was a shared wealth instead of individual wealth. It was incredible. And then all of a sudden, from left to right, the world became grey and dark. Continent, continent, city, mile by mile, and people started to get grey. And there was pain and suffering. And then I heard this outside of me. Cornelius, will you help heal the world one person at a time? Starts within, then family. Humanity urgently needs to change the way we treat one another and ourselves. I said yes straight away. I didn't even know what I was saying. I just said yes. And this grey cloud started to lift. Then I started to joke. Oh my God, you're asking me to heal the world? I've got no friends. How is this possible? And I started to laugh. And then all of a sudden, I was in this black void. And... Then all of a sudden, my wife popped up. Now, my wife is there. I could feel my wife, but she was, in my, she was in this vision. And again, it was real as me and you are. And I said to her, what are you doing here? And she says, this is your turn. This is your night. You deserve this. And I said, what are you talking about? She says, turn around. And I turned around and I saw hundreds and hundreds of people all clapping and gesturing for me to come over. And I looked at my wife and I'm like, where are we? And she said, just go. So I went and as I walked towards these people, the crowd opened up and I saw a table. And on the table, there was a poster of a dusty gray man with white light coming through the body. And on the front of the cover, it said, Wano, enlightenment of eternal life. The acceptance of I and one with yourself. A self-reflective autobiography by Cornelius Christopher. What I saw, I saw that. I saw the cover of this book, exactly how it was. Now, I didn't know what it was. I came out of this, wherever I was, Jeff, I pulled my hand away from my wife's groin and I said to my wife, I've got to write a book. I have to write a book based on my life story about how we treat one another and how we need to change it urgently. And I said, if I wrote a book, and by the way, Jeff, I'm dyslexic, right? I hired my wife to write emails for me. I can't write, right? So this will go back to why, how it got channeled. So I said to my wife, I have to write a book. I saw it so clearly. And my wife says, well, if you're going to write a book, you have to make it relatable. And I said, I've been told it has to be my story, my life story. And as I was getting all this information about what I need to write in this book, at the first glance, my wife started to have a somatic experience. Her body started to move out of control. And I got really panicking, really worried. So I was about to call 111. I thought she was having an epileptic fit, which she's never had. And she turned around and said, don't call. Something's happening. Something's happening in my groin area and I can't explain it. What was happening is all of her reproductive system and my wife had fibroids, she had illness down there. Everything got rebuilt, brand new. No pain, no nothing anymore, completely gone. 
everything's disappeared. Now, I still had this vision, Jeff, of writing a book. So I'll, and I'm trying to work out the world I'm living in as well. And it's quite strange. So I've been trying to write this book about my life. And obviously being dyslexic, I couldn't write it. So I said to my wife, I don't know how to write a book. I have no idea how to write a book. And she said, do you remember that person that we watched? Um, I think her name was Doreen Virtue. We watched on this YouTube channel where she could just channel and she wrote books. And I said, yeah. She says, all she did was ask um, Gabriel, Archangel Gabriel. And my wife was driving home from work and she's having this conversation. And she says, why don't you just ask Archangel, Archangel Gabriel? And I said, that's not going to work. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You can't ask and you're going to write the book. And she says, can you just do it? And I went, right, not a problem. So my wife's always right. So I sat there, I turned off the phone and I sat there and I went, this is mad. Like I'm looking at my two cats and I'm going, what I'm going to say is mad. And I went, hi, Archangel Gabriel. Is it possible to help me write a book? And this is what I heard. Finally, Cornelius, you ask for help. And I was like, what the fuck? How is that possible? How can I hear you? And Archangel Gabriel said, because you can, clearly. And I went, what? How is that possible? And he said, you haven't got any time to waste. Write down all of this information. So I wrote down this information. Whatever he was saying, I just dictated it. And my wife came home and I said, read this. And my wife looked and says, oh, yeah, where did you get that from? And I said, no, I wrote that. And she says, what? I said, I wrote about quantum physics. Jeff, I was given the insight on how quantum physics works. And I'd never even heard of the terminology of quantum physics. I knew about quantum entanglement. I knew about all of this stuff. And I never knew it before. So what I did is I asked consciousness. I found out how to do this. And I wrote my book, which is 160,000 words. It's 430 pages in 60 hours. I have no idea how that worked. But all I did was ask for help. And help came. What does it mean by your title, 1-0? So one means love, the vibration of love. So one means one with yourself, having a beautiful connection with yourself. The acceptance of I, I am consciousness. Enlightenment of eternal life, you are consciousness, you do not die. And so what most people do is on a spiritual journey, and you've probably come across this many times doing uh, interviews, a lot of people want this connection with oneness. I want to have this connection with this but how many people say, I want a connection with this? And wano means this, love. And you have this amazing amount of love inside of yourself. But we never get to experience it because our programs, our patterns, our life, our, uh, our environment stops us from begin, beginning and receiving this amazing amount of love that we have for ourselves. So wano means love. One with yourself. I probably should have asked... What does the O mean in one O? I have no idea. I've never heard of the word. It's just one O. It just means one with yourself, enlightenment, eternal life, the acceptance of I, and you are consciousness. It's the vibration of love. So if we are the vibration of love, 
One O is just a word of saying instead of going oneness, one O. This is who you are, consciousness. I want to go back to the beginning. Do you think that your cats can read your mind or what do you think was going on with your cats? Well, it was really strange because when we got Zelda, uh, our first cat, we went to, she's a Burmese cat, and I wanted to, I knew I was going to commit suicide, right? I knew I was going to commit suicide. I never told my wife this, but I always knew that I was going to, like, commit suicide. And again, it's all in my book. It tells the story of how, you know, from A to B. But I wanted my wife to have something that would keep her company um, when I wasn't here. So I was, again, quite thoughtful in what I was doing, but obviously still focused on me not being here. And we went to this house to pick up a Burmese cat. And we was going to look at a, a, a Burmese blue. Anyway, went there. I picked up this Burmese blue. And then all of a sudden, this other cat walked right past me. And she looked at me like, just looked at me, Jeff. I can't even explain. She looked at me and then walked. And I said to the woman, is that cat for sale? And the woman said, well, it's funny you say that because only this morning we decided to sell that cat. Now, the one that we went for was three months old. The Zelda was six months old. And I said, we have to take this cat. And my wife said, but we're having a kitten. And I said, no, that's the one we have to take home. And that's the one. And we took Zelda home. And Zelda's just pure consciousness. I mean, she knew exactly what I was going through. But obviously... I wasn't able to see it because consciousness is showing you how to move forward. But because we constantly live in the past, which is what I will call depression based on my own experience, and because I lived constantly in the future, which is anxiety, again, based on my experience, I was never present to see consciousness. I was never, I was never present to see these messages. So when we took Zelda home, for her to, after about three years, for her to be there with my beautiful little boy, Link, they were stopping me from doing something. They knew that this wasn't my time. They knew there was something else going to happen. I mean, when your cat runs down the hallway and jumps on the bed and nods to say, lie down, I know it sounds crazy, but it's not because here I am doing what I do and I help hundreds and thousands of people all the time. It's almost like Zelda walked past me, noticed me, as in I had to pick her. I think she chose you. 100%, Jeff. 100% she chose me. I thought I chose her, but she chose me. She chose our family. She chose a... She chose... She chose this to make a difference in this world. See, I know... 100% based on what I do on a daily basis at Coherence Healing is I saw the world tip back into balance. I was given, I can't give the data. I was given a date, a year, a day, a month, and a time. When we tip the world back into balance, the beginning of a back into balance. And everything since my awakening has led and carried on tipping this world back into balance. See, consciousness said, will you help heal the world one person at a time? 
starts within. Which makes so much sense because if you want to change the world, Jeff, you can't change the world on the outside because the world is a projection of the inside. So if you want to change the world on the outside, you have to change the one on the inside first and then everything else changes. So that's where consciousness said to help heal the world one person at a time starts within. Kindness starts within. Cornelius, how do you define consciousness? Gratitude, compassion, joy, love, happiness, peace, silence, tranquility, everything and all. Stillness, beauty, wonder, amazement. It's all here. And it's showing us every single day how amazing consciousness is. But if your environment, internal environment, mind, external environment isn't healthy, how will you ever experience consciousness? Because all we're looking for is for someone to solve and fix our problems. Fix me, fix me, fix me. And all we're doing is looking outside of ourselves to other people to be fixed. But you can't get fixed that way. You have to have a healthy mind. In order to think differently, you have to think a different way. Because if you don't, then it doesn't matter about this one, Jeff. See, what I realized in my quantum superposition is I'm not my mind. I'm this vibration. But the problem is, is we never get to experience this one. I mean, if you think about it, when we get raised as children, we are either conditioned love or we don't receive unconditional love. And if you've never received unconditional love, how do you know how to love yourself? How do you know how to pass unconditional love on to your children? to other people if you've never experienced it. See, the change in this world is based on living in a higher vibration. And that vibration is love. And it gets rid of the lower vibrations. And that's really what coherence healing does, is what I do on a daily basis to about 500 people a day, is we raise their vibrations, physically raise their vibrations. Where people are in the these live sessions, we see people having somatic experiences all over the world because whatever I'm hearing, I just repeat. It's not me who's doing this. I know it's not me. But they'll say, for a good example, release the emotion of anger from the first and second rib. And what happens is people will feel a vibration in the first and second rib like anger is getting released. And I will say to these people raise your vibration of your sympathetic nervous system to 122,000. What happens is their sympathetic nervous system increases and it clears out any emotions, any traumas in that. So we're not just talking about, let's talk about raising vibrations. We're actually physically doing it. And we've had people, Jeff, in, oh my gosh, we've had people in the group who's had chronic depression, anxiety, disappear, literally gone. We had one woman who um, she had, she was told she had inoperable cancer, inoperable cancer. She's been doing coherence healing for six months. She's got a beautiful mindset. She went back to the hospital only two weeks ago to have a CAT scan. They, they, they gave her a CAT scan three or four times. All cancer disappeared. Now, she had a healthy mindset, believing that she can heal herself. That's number one. To heal your body, you need a healthy mind. In order to have a healthy mind, we have to change the way we think. 
We have to change letting go of not being good enough, not worthy enough, creating self-doubt. We have to change all of that first, and then you start healing yourself from within. So consciousness is everything. Do you teach people and engage with them to raise their vibration and they have to do it with you or do you teach them so that they can go on their own and do it themselves? Oh my gosh, I teach them so they can go on and do it themselves. Everything that I get, all the information, again, people say it's channeled, but I say it's more of just tapping into this information, asking consciousness how to do this. Everything I do is I teach. I'm going to use the word teaching because it's an easy way of saying it. But it's not really teaching, right? It's not really the terminology or the label that goes with it. But I give them all this information. Like this morning, I just got an email just before me and you um, um, uh, connected. I had an email saying the meditation yesterday was incredible. I felt all this vibration and energy. And what I was doing is I was saying to them, this is what you need to say to your body. And she had this amazing somatic experience. And then she said, do you know what? I learned from what you said. I laid down in my bed. I did exactly the same thing. And I had an incredible experience. See, here's the beautiful thing, Jeff. What I do in coherence healing is already happened. You're already healed. You're just going to catch up to it. Now, with coherence healing, there's two things. One is the hardest thing you have to do is hit a Zoom link. That is the hardest thing you have to do. The second thing is you have to want to change. Now, the problem is, is your mind will stop you from wanting to be better because it only knows the past. It only knows trauma. It's going to get you to quit. But if you can get past the quit program and give up program, you heal very quickly, very effectively and very efficiently because it's not me. It's consciousness. So what happens is your consciousness knows how to heal yourself. It knows 100%. The problem is this gets in the way. Now, if you get out of the way and allow your consciousness to do all the work for you, holy Moses, you can heal yourself so easily, Jeff. And what happens is we do these sessions, we do Q&As afterwards where just people all over the world share their experiences and they share their experience of transformation. They share their experience of joy and happiness. They share their experience of their life has changed beyond recognition. But you have to want to change. That is number one. If you don't want to believe in change, you know what? You're just going to go back to something else. You're going to align with something that aligns with the way you think and nothing will change. So consciousness is everything. It seems like in life, a lot of people want to change, but they never do. Why is that? So based on my experience and based on going to the gym, right? And based on what my wife said. See, my wife said to me when I was suicidal and depressed, she said to me, she gave me all these information, do this, do that. But here's the thing, Jeff, I had a problem for every solution. I believed I was always right. My ego was always right. It was never wrong. So when she said, go and see such and such, I'd say, why would I see that person? That person's not going to do anything for me. I always had an answer for it because I believed I was always right. So what happens is we have this program of always being right, never wrong. That's the ego, right? That's why we always have to, you know, 
we always have to be stubborn in what we do. But I'll go back to how I was with the gym. I was actually explaining this yesterday in a session. I have a box. It's, in, it's underneath my stairs, right? Um, we have a box, and I have all these key fobs that I've collected since I've been in New Zealand regarding going to the gym. Now, my intention is I'm going to the gym. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to feel good about myself. That's the intention. But I had no action. So intention doesn't mean anything without action, and action doesn't mean anything without intention. So what was I was doing is I was going to the gym. I didn't believe that this was going to work. So guess what? The mind just said, well, it's not going to work. Do you know why? Because you joined the gym before and it never worked. Why would you think this time it's going to work? The inner voice convinced you to quit. Go home, eat something good, have a burger, eat some chocolate, watch some Netflix, look for things outside of you. Watch porn, go gambling. Everything outside of you is there to give you that beautiful high, that dopamine hit. Go on Instagram, go on Facebook. Everything there is to avoid going within. And you have to go within to find the problem so you can fix it. See, everybody just looks outside of themselves, Jeff. But actually, when you have all the answers inside, you'll understand that actually you're the one that's stopping yourself from healing because you don't want to deal with what happened in the past. And that's where a lot of our programs, a lot of our patterns, a lot of our attachments, a lot of our identity comes from. And we resonate with those identities. We have those attachments to this is me. Like I was explaining to somebody in one of my sessions, and I, and I do one-on-one -on -one sessions called the Metaphysical Mirror. I'm pretty booked out for the next um, nearly a year now. And, um, and I said to them, so, I do, so what I do is I do these live sessions in Q&As. And I said to this woman, what, what's wrong? And she said to me, I just, I just can't speak up for myself. And I don't know why. I try to speak up, but I just don't know why. And again, this is another, it's also in my book as well. And I said to her, let me find out the answer. I said, just close your eyes, take in three beautiful deep breaths, and let me connect with your consciousness. So she closed her eyes, took three beautiful deep breaths. And I said, oh my gosh, when you're seven years old, your mum said you were shy. So your brother wasn't shy. So your mum said, he's the, he's the one that's going to just change the world. But this one, she's shy. So you took it as in nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And you've lived with that story. And it's a story that's crippled you all the way through your life. And I said to her, is this true? And she says, it's true. And I said, right, so your consciousness knows I'm telling the truth. That's the connection. All you need to do is acknowledge that that's not true. And what happens is the throat, the throat chakra, the fifth energy center, whatever you want to call it, your consciousness will go to work and it'll start clearing all the blocks in your throat. And she has a somatic experience live within 30 to 40 seconds where everything's getting released from her throat. And when she finishes, she actually talks different. She has this belief that she's more than who she is now. And that's where I get all this amazing insight because your consciousness is giving me the insight that you can't get. And all I do is repeat it back.
and their consciousness heals them. These blockages that were in her throat, would you say they are energy blockages that manifested themselves into her muscles, her larynx or whatever? Jeff. Yeah, 100% Jeff. And because we hold trauma, because a single thought, an event, is energy, vibration and frequency. And because we are literally like a walking hard drive throughout entire life, we're going to hold all those emotions, all that blocked energy in our body. And the moment you release that, that's when the energy moves through. That's when the muscles start to like loosen the vocal cords, the respiratory system, the respiratory spine. You know, once all that starts to open up because you're releasing those emotions and traumas and those energetic blocks, it's a different person. Now, one of the issues is you have to, with this amazing insight, you have to do something about it as well. Because if you don't do something about it, what happens is it comes back. It doesn't just clear and that's it. You have to change your environment internally and externally in order for it not to come back. And again, that's what we teach in Coherence Healing is how to do this, how to have a positive mind. Because the mind is key. Having self-love is key. Having kindness for yourself is key. Because here's the thing. You don't have to be ill. See, when I had prostate and testicular cancer on the 29th of March, and I knew I had cancer, on the 30th of March, the day after, I had no cancer. My testicular, my testicular lump on my left testicle was not there anymore. Gone. And all I did was change my mind. I was going to commit suicide, illness, pain, disease, suffering, but I changed my mind based on love for my wife. So I know that love can heal anything, but you have to find that love within yourself first. And it's very difficult because we believe love comes from the outside. We put so much attachment, Jeff, on somebody giving us love that when they leave, we have a broken heart. So if you actually found love for yourself, then you don't have to rely on somebody else to give you love. That's key. Do you think you can give us a sample of coherence healing? Something that we can take away from this video with us 100%. just to help us with our daily lives today? 100%. Whoever's listening to this video, mm -hmm. close your eyes and take in nine beautiful deep breaths. Has to be nine, can't be eight, and it can't be ten. Consciousness is saying it's got to be nine. So take in nine beautiful deep breaths. Beautiful. So that's the first round. The second round is you take in three, three beautiful deep breaths. So if you listen to this, first round is nine. The second round is three beautiful deep breaths. Beautiful. The last round, it's always three rounds. The last round is seven, seven beautiful deep breaths. And then allow whatever needs to happen, happen. Just let go. No resistance. Don't worry about what I'm saying. Just allow it to happen. 
Activate the root chakra to a vibration of 122,698, moving in a beautiful clockwise circular motion. Activate the sacral, second energy center, just below the belly button, to a vibration of 314,448. Activate the solar plexus to a vibration of 168,409. Activate the heart chakra, fourth energy center, right in the middle of the chest, next to the physical heart on the right hand side, to a vibration of 1.264896. Moving in a beautiful clockwise circular motion. Activate the throat chakra to a vibration of 622,415. Activate the third eye, sixth energy center, middle of the forehead, just below, just above the eyebrows, to a vibration of 2.648196. Activate the crown chakra to a vibration of 3.248197. Activate the frontal lobe, left and right, parietal lobe, left and right, occipital lobe, left and right, temporal lobe, left and right. Remove procrastination, indecisiveness. Remove self-doubt. Remove all blockages in the corpus callosum, left and right. Cardate nucleus, left and right. Pituitary gland. Hypothalamus, thalamus. Cerebellum, pons, medulla. Remove all blockages in the atlas axis, C3, 4, 5, 6 and 7. Release judgment, self, self, release judgment, guilt and shame. Remove all emotions along the shoulders regarding carrying weight, burdens and traumas. Remove all blockages in the T1, T2, T3, T4, T5, T6, T7, T8, T9, T10, T11, T12. Regarding standing in your own truth and clear. Increase the vibration of the heart chakra to a vibration of 15.624198. Bring in the vibration of joyfulness, happiness, gratitude and compassion. Remove all blockages in the right hip and the left hip regarding unable to move forward. Remove all blockages in the L1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 regarding financial stress and worries. Remove all blockages in the muscular system, skeletal system, arterials and lymphatic system regarding not being good enough, don't do enough. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Remove all blockages in the frontal lobe regarding addictions, running away from self, not knowing how to love self. Activate the vagus nerve on the left and the vagus nerve on the right to a vibration of 4.648196, Remove anxiety, stress and worry held in the digestive system. Body or stomach, fundus. Remove anxiety, stress, anger and frustration held in the right lobe of the liver, the left lobe of the liver, the cardiac lobe of the liver and the quadrate lobe of the liver. Remove blocks in the, in the spleen regarding being obsessed about things. Remove all blocks in earth meridian, wood meridian, metal meridian, water meridian. Remove all blocks in first phase fire, second phase fire meridian, lung meridian, heart meridian, kidney meridian, liver meridian, stomach meridian, upper low intestine, and clear. Increase the vibration of the body of water to a vibration of joyfulness.
48.624197. Allow whatever needs to happen to happen. If the body needs to move, if it needs to shake, allow it to happen. Move all blocks in the right hand, left hand regarding control. Remove all blocks in the radial, middle and the ulnar nerve. The proper palmar digital branch of the left hand and the right hand. Remove all victimization in the wrists. Remove all blockages in the sympathetic nervous system. Increase the parasympathetic nervous system to a vibration of peace, silence and tranquility. Increase the immune system to a vibration of 34,698. Move all blockages in the right kidney and the left kidney. Move all blockages in the right adrenal cap, the left adrenal cap. The right adrenal column, the left adrenal column. The right adrenal pyramids, the left adrenal pyramids. And clear regarding victimization. Increase the heart shack of vibration to 76.248197. Move the crown chakra right to left, left to right centre. Third eye right to left, left to right centre. Throat right to left, left to right centre. Heart right to left, left to right centre. Solar plexus right to left, left to right centre. Sacral left to right, right to left centre. Root right to left, left to right centre forward. And clear. Increase your vibrational state of being to joyfulness. And this beautiful session is now complete. Thank you for that, Cornelius. You're welcome. Was that information just coming to you as pure consciousness or pure awareness? Pure consciousness. I have no idea what I'm saying. I don't know what the numbers mean or anything like that. And it's not meant for me. It's meant for whoever's listened to your beautiful show, beautiful channel. It's interesting, yeah, because I was thinking you had a remarkable knowledge of anatomy. I The, the anatomy is, I mean, again, I don't know anything about anatomy, but I, I know anatomy. And I know where emotions are stored. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible the information I get. But again, I know it's not me because I never knew this before. You also write about in your book that you had a near-death experience. Can oh, you, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you briefly tell us about that? Yeah, I can. I was, um, so I had my awakening in March 2019, right? This, uh, I was about 45 then. When I had my near-death experience, I was 22, 23. And what happened is I was on the back of my brother's motorbike. He has a, he has a super bike. And it was about 11 o'clock at night, 11, about 11.15 at night. I was traveling back from my friend's house, my brother's friend's house. And what happened, I was on the back, and he's, he's, he's a safe driver, he's a safe cyclist. What happened is he was, dry, he was cycling, and then for some reason, he just passed out. And as he passed out, he still had his hand on the accelerator and he just kept going, kept going, kept going. And I was tapping my brother, trying to wake him up and we was coming up to a bend in the road and the bike was all over the place. It was just all over the place. And at the end of the bend in the road, we hit the curb. My, brother's, my brother hit the, um, the tank and he fell off. But I flipped over, I hit a wall and then I bounced off the wall and I slid down the road uh, about, 80, about 80 meters from the actual incident, missing cars. Cars were just missing me. And I was flipping all over the place. You know, uh, I had a, a really cheap helmet on. I had a 
uh, like a shirt on, just a shirt and some tracksuit bottoms. And and I just laid there. Um, just just laid there. And I could just only move my head, just a fraction, just enough to see if my brother was okay. And I could see him. And then what I saw was the motorbike was spinning and banging all over the place. And it landed on my back. And it broke my back in half. It just snapped it. And I was next minute, I was in hospital. And I was in so much pain. Oh, my God, the pain was incredible. And the nurse, um, she, I remember saying to me, we're going to give you an injection um, of painkiller, which is codeine. And she put this injection in my arm. And I felt it go all in my arm. And it went down into my feet. And then all of a sudden, this burning sensation from my feet all the way up and my skin started to blister. And I was rocking the bed and I'm looking at the nurse begging her to do something. And the nurse just stood there, Jeff, and she she just froze. I don't think she saw anybody have a re allergic reaction the way I did. And then all of a sudden, I was nine, I was nine feet above myself. And it's the most strangest thing because I watched myself and I saw all these doctors trying to revive me in this room. And I, and I was in, I can't really explain it. I was in peace. Like I knew I was okay. Like I knew I was okay. And, but I still had this worry about my brother. And as, cause I was nine feet above my brother, above my bed, I drifted. I'm going to say it's consciousness, but I drifted down to see where my brother was. And I could see people working on my brother. And I was watching my brother and I had tears and I had, for my brother and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, my mum doesn't have to bury two sons tonight. She only has to bury one son. I had this overwhelming relief that she's got one son instead of not having any sons. And I was, as I was just watching my brother get, like, help, I heard this doctor and nurse. They were getting, they was getting some, um, some um, like, medicine or whatever you want to call it, like, um, some sort of things that my brother needed, like, um, whatever it was, um, like, drips and that. And I heard this doctor talk to this nurse. And the doctor turned to this nurse and said, are you excited about your wedding this weekend? And the nurse said, oh, my gosh, I'm so, I'm so nervous. I'm all over the place. I'm so stressed because we've ordered a wedding cake and the wedding cake isn't going to arrive in time. And I don't know what to do. And then we're going to go on holiday. I'm not sure we're going to go on holiday to um, Greece, which is an island, uh, Zante, which is an island in Greece. And I heard all this conversation. And then I floated back to where my body was. And everybody was around my body, like frantically trying to like revive me. And I felt that I was just getting pulled into this beautiful white light. There was no sound. There was no music. There was no voices. I was just in this beautiful space, right? And I could see a white light. I'm being honest, I could see a white light. But there was no one there to guide me. And then all of a sudden, a bit like Pulp Fiction, adrenaline shot went into my heart 
And I, I gasped. And then I went back down. And what happened is the two days later, I woke up. And it was so surreal. I woke up in a room. And I was, in the own, I was the only one in this room. And it was white, pristine beds. And there was a nurse at the end of this room. And there was a light shining on this nurse. There was a clock on the wall. And I looked at my arms. And I had all these drips in my arms. And I pulled out all these drips. Because I didn't think I was, I didn't think it was me. And then again, I was, you know, I was um, um, back in intensive care. What happened a few days after that is my mum came to see me. And I was trying to explain you know, in the only way I could, you know, I was in so much medic, uh, medicine, painkillers, that what happened to me. But I didn't explain about my near-death experience because I, I didn't know what one was. I mean, you don't say, by the way, mum, I saw myself above myself. That's just crazy, right? I mean, no one says that. But I did say to a nurse, did the other nurse get the wedding cake and did she go on holiday to Zante? And this nurse turned around and said, what? I said, did the nurse, she was in my brother's room, did she go on holiday? Did she get married? Anyway, she didn't quite understand and obviously this woman is on holiday about two weeks later, something like that, I met this nurse who was in my brother's room and I explained the conversation. And she says, there is no way on earth you can know these details. No way on earth can you know the details of my wedding. And I said, I was there. I heard you have this conversation. And she goes, but I wasn't in your room. I said, no, you was in my brother's room. Now, even though I had this experience, Jeff, and I tried to tell people this experience. This is what happened to me. They turned around and said, Do you know what? That doesn't that that's crazy. He was on too many drugs. That's what happened. That doesn't exist. And because the way my life has always been, I've always believed what other people say. Why would I doubt those people? So when I said to my mum, I floated down to my brother, she turned around and said, You're just on drugs. And I went, No, I was there. No, you're on drugs, son. Now, because I put my mum on a pedestal, why would she tell me any different? My mum's wise. She has to be. She's my mum. So throughout my entire life, I had this experience. Didn't know what it was. Never even heard of a near-death experience. But when I wrote my book, when consciousness told me to put this in the book, I couldn't understand why. I mean, I don't even know what one was, but they told me to put it in the book. And when people started reading my book, they started to come forward and say, oh, my God, I had a very similar experience. I experienced consciousness. So realistically, when I look back at it now, Jeff, that incident, because I had no broken bones, I had no cuts, no scrapes, no grazers, I had nothing wrong with my body, and I slid down a road for 80 metres with nothing. So now I realise... That, that whole story, that whole incident had to happen in order to put it into my book to help other people move forward. Do you think that this experience in any way had an effect on your quantum superposition? Like perhaps you pierced the veil at one time and now you were able to have this other experience? I think based on what I know now, 
my quantum superposition was always going to happen. I was always going to have an awakening. I was always going to do what I'm going to do, tip this world back into balance. It just took a lot of traumas and events to get me to one location to see myself five times to make a decision based on love. Do you think it's possible that you planned all of this out pre-birth? 100%. Now, it sounds crazy what I'm saying, but it's, 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 it's true. In consciousness, you already know what you're going to choose to do. The problem is, is we get lost in our own game. Egos, wants, needs, and desires. Because you don't know why you're here, why would you know that you're on this path, this route? See, everything has led me all the way up to doing what I do. Now, I thought, I remember I won an award in Wellington, right, for, for one of my designs. And I was so excited, Jeff. I thought if I win this award, people will give me the validation I needed. People looked down at me. And I've been doing my job for 14, 15 years in New Zealand, but people didn't take me serious. And I thought if I won an award, people would take me serious. And I remember going down there with my wife. I went up on stage. I picked up my award. I sat back down and I started to cry. Now, my wife said, are you happy? And I turned around and said, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I still feel the same. And I pinned all of my expectations on this award thinking I'd feel different. But when I do coherence healing, when I help people connect with people on the other side, that reward, that whole trauma of life, oh my God, Jeff, I am so grateful. I am so grateful how my life turned out because I help people. I had three people this week in the same Q&A and this one person said, Cornelius, my friend has just passed over only two days ago. Can you ask if she's okay? And I said, I can do that. And I asked the name and her name came and I said, are you okay? And she says, I'm really okay. I'm okay. And I said to this woman, never met her, and there's 500 people. So I'm on, I'm on spotlight all the time. And I said to this woman, this is amazing because your friend is singing in my ear. Like she's happy and she's singing. And this woman burst out into tears and says, oh my gosh, my friend's a singer. Then another person, and I said, this other person says, can you find out if my dad is helping me move forward? And I said, I can do that. So I asked the, the person's father's name and I said, oh my gosh, your dad is sitting right next to you in his chair. Now it's so funny because he doesn't want to leave this chair, but he's doing coherence healing with you. And she said, oh my gosh, my dad had one chair and no one was allowed to sit in it and he was the only one that could sit in it and he never left it. So two out for two, two for two. Same session, this other woman turned around and said this and this is how amazing this is going to be. This other woman turned around and she says, I lost my son two years ago. He was 24 years old. That's all I had. Can you find out if he's okay? Because I want to have a connection with my son. I want this connection with my, my son's consciousness. And I said, just give me your son's first name. I only go by first name. She gave me the son's first name. And I said, this is what he's saying. 
First of all, he's wearing jeans and some really funky T-shirts. Does that make any sense? And she says, oh, my gosh, my son only wears jeans and some really bizarre T-shirts. So I goes, right. He's saying he's in a really good place and he's helping people who have addictions to alcohol and drugs. And she started to cry. And she says, oh, my gosh, I lost my son to an overdose. And I said, now your son is here. He's learning to be a better version of himself in consciousness. But his son said this, her son said this, Mum, I've been guiding you for nearly two and a half years. So me and you can have this connection. Her son has been guiding her to coherence healing for this one conversation right now. And her son brought in two other people to coherence healing so they could find a um, healing for addiction as well. I said, your son is amazing. He has the most amazing eyes. He has the most amazing heart and he's doing something amazing. So in consciousness, we agreed to be this person. We agreed to how this is all going to work out. The problem is, is we have an attachment to a physical person. I know for a fact, 100%, I agreed on my life's traumas because I'm grateful for them because I help people every single day. Connect with people who have passed over, connect with their higher self, consciousness. We heal them. We give them information for them to move forward. Oh my gosh, Jeff, I am the most grateful person in this world for the past that I had. If I didn't have that turbulent past, if I didn't have that quantum superposition, if I didn't see myself commit suicide, if I didn't see myself create pain for my wife, I would never change my mind and I would never help people. And that is the greatest thing I've ever done with my life is to help people one person at a time move forward. Starting within. Cornelius, how can people find out about your book and Coherence Healing? Oh, beautiful. So my, my book is on Amazon. Okay, just type in Wano, right? You'll see it with this dot. Type in Wano. It's also on audiobook. We've actually got an audiobook on, on Amazon as well. It's on Audible. It's on um, uh, whatever, whatever Amazon produce um, as well. So you can get my book from Amazon, go onto my website, it's all there as well. But my website is www.coherencehealing.love. And if you, I have two memberships. I have Be The Change, right, which is about 30 US dollars for a month, 14 sessions, live sessions. And I have Kindness Works, which is 50 US dollars. And that is for 24 plus live sessions. And I do all my sessions live. Plus there's online recordings, plus we're building an online community. We've got a YouTube channel where I show what I do because that's what my wife said. It's very hard to explain what I do. So the best way to show people what I do is, is what I do. And my, my YouTube channel is called um, Wano Cornelius Christopher. If people want to ask you questions, are you okay with that? 100%. We have a lot of Q&As where people raise their hands, they ask us questions, and we give them the answers there and then. See, because I'm booked up a year in advance, I've opened up a very different system, and it's called Unshackling and Letting Go. If you're a member, you can ask as many questions as you want. 
because this is about moving people forward. It's about them finding love and joy in the, in the heart. It's about letting go of the stories they tell themselves. Nobody needs to have pain and suffering, Jeff. I've lived my life with pain and suffering. Now all you want to do is tip this world back into balance so nobody has pain and suffering. And you have to be kind to yourself in order to have no pain and suffering. See, when I realized through my awakening, through this beautiful gift that I've been given, if I didn't have the pain and suffering that I had, I probably wouldn't be as devoted and maybe consciousness might not have picked me to make a difference in this world. But because I did have pain and suffering, because I've had abuse all of my life, and I know what pain and suffering is. I know how negative the mind is. I know what chronic depression is. I know what chronic anxiety is. I know what loneliness is. I know what cancer is. Why would I ever make this world not a better place? When you know you can. See, I don't just talk about making the world better. I don't mean just go, oh, yeah, let's make the world better. I'm talking about actually making the world better. But it has to start with you, one person at a time. And if you think of it from a logic perspective, Jeff, if everybody was kind to themselves, only themselves, remember, we've always been told to be kind to others. But if you were kind to yourself in the way you talk to yourself, the way you see yourself, everybody was kind to themselves, this world would be a kind world. Everybody is going to be kind. You don't have to worry about anybody else. They're already kind. That's how easy it is to turn this world into balance. But it has to start with you first. Has to. You have to be the change. What if someone just has general questions about coherence healing and they want to ask you something before becoming a member? We have, uh, we on my website, we have uh, a, conscious, a consciousness bot, automated um, system. Um, you can ask all the questions. So it's all automated questions. So if you need to know about what is coherence healing, what is the metaphysical mirror, what is the astral abacus, because the astral abacus is about me going into your consciousness lineage and clearing out your consciousness lineage so you can move forward. All these questions, where, where are you, what times, bookings, how does all this work, all on my website. All right, well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I'll read the message from the back of my book. Okay, last paragraph. This is the final word. I recall one of my teachers saying the best results comes from everyone in the class doing what's best for themselves. Consciousness said, not true, not true, not true. The best results comes from everyone in the class doing what's best for themselves and the class. Cornelius, thank you for that message and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure to connect with you and to connect with your amazing community. So I only have gratitude because I can't even believe I do this, Jeff. I can't even believe I'm talking to someone like you who wants to talk about these experiences, quantum superposition, consciousness, healing, NDEs. Oh, my gosh. Like where my life was to where it is now. I only have gratitude for what I have and, and how this works. So thank you, Jeff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you because having guests like you gives me the opportunity to have this show. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. 
I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.